Welcome to Blue Collar Love, a Starflyer 59 retrospective. I'm Samuel, and Aaron is me. Uh, yes, this is Aaron, and I'm taking a walk down the highway, down my way. And All we're right, back Aaron. for another episode of Blue Collar Love podcast. Indeed. Um, and this one, I know a lot of people love this album. But uh, it didn't always start that way. No, Apparently people didn't. hated it. <laughs> so, um, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's go ahead. We're going to do a couple preliminaries and then we'll uh, start talking about the album. Okay, Aaron? Sounds good. All right. So first preliminary. Um, this is a new game I've been wanting to start. Um, you've heard of Six Degrees of Bacon, right? Yep, Six Degrees of Seven of Kevin Bacon. Seven Bacon, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is basically saying, within Six Degrees of People, Kevin Bacon can be connected to anyone in the industry. Yep. So I believe the same thing can be done for Jason Martin. And anyone in, I would dare say, the entire music industry. Yep. So that's what we're going to do here first. Yes. Um, so uh, do you have any suggestions, Aaron, for who you think I should uh, try and connect Jason Martin to this time? Let, let's go with Morrissey. Morrissey? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that one off the top of my head. How about Amy Grant? Okay, let's do it. All right, mm-hmm. Amy Grant. So... Uh, Jason Martin, lead singer, and basically he is the band, especially for this album, which we'll get into in a minute. Yes. <laughs> um, um, Starflyer 59. He was, he's been in many a bands, um, done many a production roles. So one of the bands he was in was a group called Neon Horse. Yep. And uh, they were Tooth and Nails, like, secret band. And we'll get to them eventually. Um, eventually. We're totally going to recover their album. And uh, so the secret lead singer of Neon Horse was a guy named Mark Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, Intense individual. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard stories. I could share a story if you like. Sure, go for it. <laughs> well, Stave, he was the lead singer of Stave Saker, Outer, um, Outer Circle as well. Um, I met um, a concert here in Virginia Beach. Um, it was Stave Saker, Squad 5-0, and Supertones were the headliners. And um, after the show, I was like, hey, I went up to him. It's like, hey, Mark, huge fan. I'd love to get your autograph. And he goes, he looked, he didn't even really look at me. Kind of like, it's like a 50-yard stare, like away from me. It was really creepy. He goes like, I've already given away too much of myself. I'm not going to give away my signature. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, did not get that autograph. Intense individual. <laughs> Love wow. him though. Oh, Love him. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. But yes, so, I'm aware of Mark Solomon. Go ahead. <laughs> so Mark Solomon sang on a song called Last Man by a group named Project 86. Mm-hmm. Familiar with them too. No Project crazy story for them. Project 86 has had many a people in it. They have had a very re- revolving roster, almost rivaling Starflyer. Oh, wow. Like the, um, and one of those people on their roster at one point was a dude named Ethan Luck. Um, 
Ethan Luck has been in many a bands. In fact, he was the lead guitar player for the Supertones. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Um, and he was also, at one point, the drummer for Reliant K. Familiar with them as well. Reliant K, a punk pop band from the 2000s. They, they're still around. like them a lot. They are? Really? Ooh, go ahead, yeah. guys. Um, they toured with a group named Hawk Nelson. Um, Vaguely familiar with them. They're technically still around as well, but only in name. It's like they've had so many change-ups and music style changes. Yeah. So they they toured with Hawk Nelson, and Hawk Nelson sang a song with Amy Grant called One Little Miracle. (laughs) It's a lot of ones in these titles of songs that's running throughout. I know, right? (laughs) One man band. We'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, there you go. Uh, That's Jason Martin connected to Amy Grant by five degrees. Not even six. Wow. We're going to get him connected to Marcy. Uh, Maybe that'll be yours next time, Aaron. And uh, 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 No. I'm just playing. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe you can pull it off. We'll see. We'll see. Probably. Um, in the meantime, if anyone listening feels like submitting a suggestion for who we should try and connect Jason Martin to next, please email us. Um, our main email is Brothers King Media, BC Love, BC is in blue collar, love at gmail.com. Or you can do the Twitter um, at Blue Collar Love One or Instagram at Blue Collar Love Two or Facebook at Blue Collar Love Podcast. <laughs> uh, two, I thought he was going for the one, two, three thing there. I uh, know. I wish that it was taken. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work right. out. <laughs> um, so the album we're talking about today, Aaron, uh, what album are we talking about today? We're talking about um, the album Gold. I was trying to think of the word first, gold in Spanish, and I couldn't think of it. Okay, I got gotcha. No, that's silver. <laughs> I can't think of this right. for gold. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, gold, <laughs> um, it was released in 1995. Yep. Um, it's a lot of people's favorite Starflyer 59 album. Sam wasn't born yet. Um, no, I was. I was born. I was too young to appreciate it, but I was totally born. How old were you at 95? Um, young. So you don't know it's fake news. You weren't born. <laughs> eh, <ain't laughs> um, so to give a little context for this album coming out, let's go ahead and talk about what was released around that time. Go ahead. Hit Specifically, it, Specifically uh, in the summer of 1995, the month this was released. Um, the top 10 list for the pop charts. Uh, or R&B. 10, it is more R&B, sir. It's at, at number 10, we have Freak Like Me by Adina Howard. I know that song. That's your theme song, um, Samuel. <laughs> um, number nine, I'll Be There For You, You're All I Need To Get By by Method Man. Yeah, and Mary J. Blige. Listeners, that's oh, me that and Sam. That, that, that's me and Sam's love song. It's how we met over that song. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and then number eight is Waterfalls by TLC. Everybody knows that song. Rest in peace, Left Eye. 
<laughs> Number seven is This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Wow, yes. He still tours with that just one song. You know that song, right, Sam? I can't remember off the top of my head. But this is how I'll... we do it. It's Friday night. You've heard it in like every movie that's ever been made. You know it. <laughs> and you know, I have a lot of respect for like one hit wonders because you know what? That's one more hit than I ever got. So like, <laughs> kudos to you. That's one hit more than like six and a half billion other people on the planet have. <laughs> well, that's one more hit than most bands ever get, right? That's like, true most too. Yeah. So I. Jason doesn't have a big hit. No, he's a he's he's more of the the Radiohead. Uh, you know, we're we're known for our albums. Yeah, the port the port is hit at Morrissey people. Morrissey yeah. again. Oh gosh, Morrissey, this is gonna be the Morrissey episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, and I'm not even a fan six. of Morrissey. I don't even know why I keep talking about Morrissey. <laughs> but go ahead. Number six is Scream slash Childhood by Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. Oh, did you, oh God, you gotta listen to Childhood. Oh my gosh, that's the most depressing song ever. I can't believe he released that as a single. It's a horror song. <laughs> it's about child abuse it's it's not great oh yuck all yeah. right well, you know, <laughs> some things need to be talked about childhood makes you scream i guess all right uh, number five is one more chance slash stay with me by the notorious big um i think i know that one i'm not a big biggie fan okay i remember okay one more. okay the song's in my head now okay i got it <laughs> also kind of getting our first taste of like you know rap hitting the mainstream there mm. uh number four is water runs drive at boys to men do not know that song i i've never heard that song how about you i uh, can't say i have i'm not okay. a, I, I boys to men i'm passingly familiar with them me too but i mean like all their hits i i've heard but i don't remember that one uh, number three is Don't Take It Personal, Just One of Dim Days by Monica. Great song. Love um, it. Number two is Total Eclipse of the Heart by Nikki French. I've never heard of her. <laughs> and I know that's a remake of... That's Heart who did that originally? I'm not I sure. I don't know. I don't know. But I know it's a remake. I know she didn't do that. Uh, and number, and one, number one... Have you ever really loved a woman by Brian Adams? Oh, his last hoorah. <laughs> that had to be his last hoorah. It's something like that. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Do I even know that song? Do you know that song? The only Brian Adams I know is what was on that uh, horse movie, uh, Spirit Stallion, Stallion of the Cimarron. You don't, you don't know. You don't know the Robin Hood, everything I do, I do for you. Okay, I've heard that one. I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, you had. I think to. Uh, maybe the did he sing in the Three Musketeers movie too? I don't know, but he yeah. also had Summer '69. Wait, no, that might have been. Yeah, that's Brian Adams. Summer '69. I, I don't know. So. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk a bit more about uh, Starfire '59's more direct competition, and by that okay. I mean they just didn't even know he existed. Probably. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, competition in quotations. Um, so um, they didn't really do singles back then for Christian music. They said um, albums. Yeah. So and a lot of these are kind of left over from the previous year, kind of, which shows you, if nothing else, how small the Christian market was, or um, unoriginal, or not diverse, or or as I would say, formulaic, very formulaic. And, and, 
I would, I would highly disagree with you. And the reason why, I don't care. Okay, so there's a. I'm talking a, about the charts. I'm, I'm talking about the mainstream, not like the underground. I'm talking about the mainstream Christian and Christian music at the time. Okay, even in the pop charts, though, there is yeah. a great theorem that I I live by, okay. um, and I forget the title of it. I'll try to get back to you. Ninety percent <laughs> of everything is crap. Okay. Yeah. But that, that means the inverse is true. Ten percent of anything is amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think there's Most... there's good stuff on the charts too. You can find it. It's just it's not always there. But yeah. neither here nor there. I think there might be one or two on this list. All right. So number ten is the first decade by Michael W. Smith. Crap. Next. I mean, <laughs> I used to listen to that. I used to love that album, man. That was like still love I listened it. to that so much growing up. Um, it still has a couple sentimental songs for me. Um. Yeah, but, no, yeah. I, I like his I like his instrumental f- albums. That's it. He has some. Good, he's a good instrumentalist. Yeah, he uh, is. He really. Number nine is "Free at Last" by DC Talk. Number eight, <laughs> uh, "Going Public" by Newsboys. Great, awesome. See, that's the ten percent right there. Their best album. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ten percent. Uh, so there's one. That's it. Nothing else is going to be good, according to your math. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seven is Heaven in the Real World by Stephen Curtis Chapman. Nope. Um, that was his first, like, okay, it wasn't his first, like, main, like, very, uh, bigger pop album, but it was, uh, kind of one of the first ones that hinted at where he was going in his music. And uh, that's in the 90% bit. that you're talking about. Yep. I mean, I, I, I like love it. Me Same personally Chapman, for me. Fair enough. All right, uh, let's not dedaddle too much longer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Number six, Time to Believe by Clay Cross. Nope. Number five, Show Up with an exclamation mark by New Life Community <laughs> Choir. Extra no. <laughs> I will show I, out. I've never heard of them, so. I haven't either. I'm not showing up or out. I'm just not there. <laughs> Number four, The Whole Truth by Point of Grace. Okay, now your theorem's off. That's a really good album. That's, that's 20% is good. <laughs> I like they were good <laughs> uh my utmost for his highest by various artists oh that was a good one too you're wrong you're so wrong sam that's 70 percent. that's 30 percent now <laughs> i think it's more of a general over a wider demographic the theory i know i'm just busting your ball <laughs> but yeah um, that, I do that album that was really good <laughs> Uh, number two is House of Love by Amy Grant. Mm-mm. Nope. And number one, Amy Grant again? Uh, no, number one is Kirk Franklin and the Family. Oh, Kirk, Kirk Franklin and the a... Family. Okay. God, that, that was, was his, good. his debut. Which one? Which, which one? His debut album. It's just called debut? It's just Kirk Franklin and the Family? Kirk Franklin okay. and the Family. I'm not sure if I got on that, but I'm, I do like Kirk Franklin and the Family. I like everything Kirk Franklin does, really. So that's like... He's a... Wow. Go ahead. He's a he's a very good artist. Like I appreciate his artistry yeah. more than I actually enjoy his music. If that makes sense it, to you, that's all that matters. But yeah, I just I just like I don't know. I like him. I mean, and he's still been doing it. Like, do you want to be happy? That song's good. But yeah, so that's like forty percent good stuff. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> that's because they were uh, feeling the they were feeling the gold. They were feeling the gold that was permeating. The gold was up in everybody's game without them even knowing it 
Maybe. Hey, mm-hmm. speaking of gold, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about this, uh, the background of this album, man. So, okay, go ahead. Um, so as I understand it, and um, I, this is a little bit from like a, a little bio I read about Starfire 59. He uh, was coming off of Silver, and Silver was a relatively decent hit, right? He's yeah. uh he's playing his shows. I think he toured at the Prayer Chain. And Mortal. And, uh, and Mortal, yes. Could you imagine that? Oh my god, Starfire opens, then Mortal, then the Prayer Chain. Oh my god. Oh, that no would have been a show. good show. <laughs> that would have been the show. <laughs> and um and so he's touring, people are liking him, he's happy, and he's ready to just to run into the studio and have at it, right? Yep. Um, the world is Jason Martin. Something happens, and he doesn't say what. Um, he nope. like he's very tight-lipped about it. Like everything. Yeah, something mm-hmm. happens though. Um, Andrew Larson quits the band. Um, Andrew Larson being the bass player for Silver, and he's still credited in Gold. So yeah. I don't know That's if he's like an unofficial member or if he recorded some and left or what. Yeah, yeah, it's unclear. It's murky. Um, but so, and then a whole bunch of his friends started leaving California. Yep. Um, and really, this is where I think some of the themes of the album I want to talk about comes in. But essentially, Jason and Keith Moon go into the green room. Bob Moon, Bob Moon, Bob Moon. Bob Moon, my apologies. Mm -hmm. Uh, go into the green room studios and he just locks himself in there for a month straight and does not come a out. Solid month. And Bob Moon is quoted like one time they took a break and they were outside and, and Jason says to him, you know, I haven't seen <laughs> I've seen light or the sun in like days. <laughs> Intense. Yeah. <laughs> so um needless to say, this album's a bit depressing. A little bit. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's very depressing. <laughs> but I do find it interesting. He uh, wrote on the linear notes, Psalms 34 and 18. Read it. Go ahead, Sam. Quote that scripture. Uh, Well, darn it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think you know it off the top of your head, Aaron. Help me out here. Okay, I don't know which version this is, but this is a version I've memorized. The Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. Yeah, he's close to those who are hurting. And that's Psalm 37. 34 18, 18. 34, 18, yeah. And, yeah, so so right there you know that it's about being brokenhearted. And I don't know if you guys know, but earthquakes can turn water into gold. That's interesting, huh? I mean, speaking of things being broken. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, though, that an earthquake that destroys stuff can turn water, one of the most plentiful things, into gold, one of the most rare things. Just like pain and suffering can grow us. Yeah, yeah. there you go. And so in, in so Jason's isolationism in this, um, recording this album, obviously, is you can hear in the what he could record it but um initially it wasn't well received by fans not including me because i didn't get into this album until like 19 god what was that 
no, not even 19, maybe 2000. Yeah, I was 2000. I was in Oklahoma in the Army, and I ordered the latest Starfire album. I can't remember if it was Everybody Makes Mistakes or Leave Here a Stranger. But when you got it, when you ordered it, you got a free copy of Gold, and that's when I got into it. And I initially loved it, so I don't know what people were thinking. <laughs> um, they did have he did have a lot of fans coming up to him and telling them him you know apparently like they they just were quoted as saying hey why does your new album suck yeah those fans were wrong it didn't uh, ever suck but, but you then, know but then interestingly enough the album did turn around and eventually sell three times what yeah. silver sold really yes wow so what 500 copies <laughs> who knows i mean i couldn't find album sales sadly um unless something charts as gold or platinum most record yeah. companies won't record yeah that sucks i'm really curious on what it i so- mean i feel like here's what we need to do aaron yeah we need to start a petition okay to get gold to go gold by 20 <laughs> oh that would be awesome yeah, just like just get everyone to start back buying this buy, album. Buying it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that would be awesome. But that also, be- yeah. So, so Jason's also been quoted in this album that he he initially didn't like it because it was self indulgent, and as you'll hear, I mean, as you know, like there's way more guitar solos and more dilly dallying on this album than pretty much any Starfire album, because the most Starfire albums clock in around thirty minutes. And this is around almost an hour long. It's like 50, what do you think? 56 minutes or something like that. I didn't write it down. But yeah, this is a long, longer Starfire album. Probably the longest album, I think. Maybe. Yeah, his other ones are pretty short. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, um, with just mainly Jason awesome. Martin. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's another thing we didn't get to. So yeah, so in this album, we briefly mentioned about Andrew Lawson leaving but um, besides, I think Wayne Everett might have done some drums from the prayer chain. But pretty much everything in this, besides the recording and mixing and stuff, was done by Jason. All instruments are done by Jason. One man band, print style. Pretty much. And um, but, so let me see here. We um, had Ed Giles, Ben Rock, stop by and play drums on a few tracks. Yeah. Um, Wayne Everett stopped by yep. and did vocal production and some backing vocals and drums on one song. Yep. And then and Andrew Larson may or may have not have done some bass playing. Yeah, I don't know if he maybe did the, some of the demos and left or what. And yeah. then this album also marks the introduction of a one of a really the most significant um, Starfire contra- contributors, Gene uh, Eugene. Yeah, you're right. God, especially on the next album. Woo, boy. <laughs> yeah, oh, and was... uh, he, he, Gene Eugene was a pretty um, prolific underground artist in himself. Yeah, with uh, Adam again. A, Adam again. Yeah, that's Lost a, Dogs. They have some good Lost songs too. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then he produced it just like Jason. He produced a lot of people too as well. Yeah. So rest um, in peace, Gene. Miss you. <laughs> all right so now that we've uh talked about the album for 23 minutes let's uh song- ad nauseum let's get this- into the songs all right so um house song number one on here housewife love song 
Aaron, go ahead, Sam. No, you go. No, you go. All right. So housewife, housewife love song. It's the biggest throwback to Silver. Um, yeah. It's very similar to Blue Collar Love Song. Um, abstract, and uh, I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. And that's I get this a lot in most of this album. Yeah. Um, I do like the the kind of lounge style verses contrasted with the wall to wall guitar course. That's a pretty cool effect. Yeah. And um, the song seems to be like kind of a general longing for domestic bliss. Um, though, if the video is anything to go by, um, he's probably fearing the very thing he wants. It's like, I want to be married and be happy, and but I'm also afraid of growing up. And I really think that's a theme I, I personally saw a lot throughout this album, the fear of growing up, which may have came from that period of isolation and all your yeah. friends leaving your house, leaving your hometown, you know, um, it's and like, break every, relationships breaking up romantically yeah. or and whatnot. So it's, you know, when, uh, so I get that, you know, having to come with grips of everyone else is moving on with their life. Why can't I, mm-hmm. um, kind of reflects on this song particularly, but across this entire album. Mm-hmm. So, uh, though on the plus side, he did get to meet his future wife on the set of this music video. Yeah, love connection. And um, this is also the only music video that actually features Jason Martin. Yes, it is. You're right. <laughs> so, um, there, there's my thoughts on a housewife love song. For me, yes, it's kind of, I, I, I mean, it's silver-ish, but it's more muted and more fuzzy. And what's the word I'm looking for? Sludgy, I guess, than anything on silver. Because there were more like high-end guitars where these are more like low-end, muddy, sludgy guitars. Um, and that that effect on the opening guitar, that first time, oh, whatever that is, I love it. It's amazing. This is subdued, fuzz, tone, shoegaze perfection. Um Lyric, like I agree with you, the lyrics are crazy. I think he, I, I agree, I agree with you. He's talking about domestic bliss. I mean, he's talking about tend the tables, broom the rats out for me. Um, then put the pockets in the drawers. I mean, I don't, this sounds like a bunch of chores. So, do we need to have a rescue party for Julie Martin? It sounds like his domestic <laughs> bliss is his wife just doing all this stuff for him. And then, what's the, put the pockets in the drawers, broom the rats out for me? Like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> first song maybe is the most cryptic lyrics in this album. I don't know. Like, uh, what's going on in the song, uh, Jason? What's going on? Like, I mean, with these lyrics, who's gonna who's gonna want to be his housewife love? They're doing all this <laughs> stuff. What is he doing? What is what is he doing for this? I don't know. Um, with that said, though, oh yeah, the so I know you don't do song ratings for each individual song. You like to do the whole album, but I'm gonna do the whole album. So. There's a nine star maximum, three for lyrics, three for song, for the song itself, and then three for longevity and how it holds up. For me, this song's a seven, and this is my seventh favorite song on this album. There you go. That's my. Speaking of uh, Housewife, um, my wife totally heard that guitar, weird, loud sound at the beginning of the song and the end, and she was like, Are you trying to give me a headache? Say at the end. 
Uh, yeah, well, whatever that really loud. Yeah, at the end, you said. Yeah. Oh, I love that part. You see, she heard that. She's like, are you trying to give me a headache? Turn that off. Did you say, go broom the rats out for me? No, no, not at all. Um, well, maybe you should have. All right, next up is dual overhead cam, which I saw on the Facebook page. Somebody, a couple people posted, is this their favorite song ever? Um, well, at least that gold. Oh, no, no, I think it's, it was ever. Oh, wow. Some was okay. off of gold. Some was off of gold, but I saw like one or two that said ever. But yeah, there were some off of gold. Yeah, I did see that. So, All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll lead off with this dual overhead cam. The next song. Why why is this song called dual overhead cam? <laughs> 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 so I looked it up. So um, and I'm ashamed to admit that you know I've been listening to this song since like 2000 or 1999. And just maybe last month, I looked up what a dual overhead cam is. Um, I figured it was a car thing. Um, it just sounded like it. And it is. It's a um, something that you can add to like an engine, like like um, when you're souping up an engine or something, or a sports car to make it go faster and um, perform at a higher rate, more efficient with the energy and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. And that kind of fell in line with what I thought this song was about um which is as as a couple whoever whether well, not even as a couple but as a relationship whether it's a romantic relationship or you know um sibling relationship or you know um parent child relationship whatever that together you perform at higher levels um like a dual overhead camp um and so yeah the this is a very slow burning prog rock Jim, at two twenty six, we have the um, when he's singing two twenty six, he goes, "She's his vocals kind of break." I could really love it. I love that. It's like so, it just grabs me emotionally. Three eighteen, um, that's the turn up point when Jason just lets it rip until the end. I love that um, to the point where um, yeah, just kind of probably gives your wife a headache too because it's kind of <laughs> loud at that point too. Um, and then 124 a minute mark to the 207, the guitar noodling and bass interplay is great. The song's an eight out of nine. I give this, this is my sixth favorite song on the album. Go, Sam. All right. So I would say this song is probably like my top three of this album. Okay. Um, so I didn't know about the dual overhead cam thing. I didn't know mm -hmm. what that was. So my mm -hmm. thought was like a camera watching him right mm -hmm. and so that fed into the guitar noodling reminded me a lot of like a kind of like a spy theme so what it made me think of is uh i wonder if jason um ever listened to uh portishead yeah I'll, i could definitely see him listen to portishead um so because this, this song reminds me of that kind of trippy spy theme thing. Yeah, I got you, yeah. If he and, has some uh, scratches, like a, a little record scratching in the background, or, yeah, it would be very Portis heady. <laughs> um, and the echoed lyrics kind of reflect that music. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, with uh, kind of the idea of being afraid of, you know, someone watching you or um, the fear of you know growing up living life alone 
I, I'm not sure the lyrics are kind of chopped yeah. salad to me because they're literally two lines. Um, yeah, there's two lines in the whole song and then the, the <laughs> title of the song. This could be a techno song. Why is there not a techno remix of this song? This is techno song. Where's the, three where's lines, the there's three lines. <laughs> this is the one Ronnie should have remixed. Yes. Oh, oh God, Ronnie. It's not too late. You're still alive. You could totally remix this still. <laughs> so when gold, can gold, we, gold, they can reissue it as the gold certified gold album with the remix of this song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Better yet, here's what we do. Uh, he the gold goes gold. Yes. He he uh, does a one time concert doing this album front to back. Oh man. That gets recorded, released with the special edition, yeah. and then we also get the remix with Ronnie Martin because why not? I'm buying it. Where do I send my money? <laughs> I know <laughs> the fry meme. Take my money. Take my money. Yes, I will gladly <laughs> give it. That's awesome. Sorry, but go ahead, continue. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, thoughts on this song. Um, just on the the strength of the um, music alone, I it's my top three of this out of this. Yeah, album. it's I love. I, yeah, the song structure is amazing. Yes, I agree. And just 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 spoiler, I like every song in this album. There's not a bad song in this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, you want to start? Oh uh, yeah, uh, when you feel miserable. All right. Uh, so the lyrics seem to be um, kind of have two separate ideas going on. Mm-hmm. Um, one about someone he admires that could like care less about him, and this would kind of fit into like you know band members and friends leaving him, mm-hmm. and um, that makes him feel miserable. So he goes and he takes a walk and uh, just kind of deals with it. And um, this reminds me of a musical idea of uh, a. Reliant K, actually, they have a song called Therapy that's in a similar vein of sometimes to deal with stuff, you just got to go take a walk, take a drive, take a walk, pray where? to God. Um, anywhere, nowhere. That's the point. It's just to get down away. the highway. You walk down the highway, which is super <laughs> safe. Great advice, Jason. Okay. <laughs> um, and, you know, once again, um, maybe it's all about the fear of commitment. So. Okay. Also, a great guitar solo. Um, you called it when you said, you know, the guitar solos in this are awesome. Yeah. Uh, um, this one particularly, great solo. He he has some other great ones in there, but I did like this one a lot. All right. Well, for me, just off the bat, favorite song in the album, number one. Boom, number three. This is a song, 10 out of nine. Um, so this song, it's, it's grown with me over the years. Um, like I said, I've been listening to it for, gosh, like 19, 20 years now. Um, originally I'm with you, Sam, it was just like about a heartbreak or silly, you know, relationship, high school relationship, or just a boyfriend, girlfriend, or a lost friendship. But later in my life, around 2010, 2010, um, my wife at the time, um, I found out that she had been, um, lying to me about dying of brain cancer. Yeah. One of those crazy stories you hear about on social media, but they actually totally exist. It happened to me. And so... I left the house and I took a walk, not down the highway, but I took a long walk. And as I'm processing this um, revelation of my wife lying to me for a year about dying of brain cancer and all the anguish it caused me, and she was just cool with that, um, I felt miserable. 
<laughs> yeah. And song can't and so I'm so I'm processing it, talking to God, having these lyrics go through my head, and just a lot of stuff. And then after I don't even know how long it was, it was at least at least a couple hours. I was just walking. I came back home and I resolved, I was like, you know what? This marriage gotta be done because I'm down feeling miserable. And so this song helped me, which sometimes divorce is good um, when you're in unhealthy relationships. And so this was one of them. But this song really helped me to still my feelings and help me process that. Probably the worst, at least one of the worst two things that's ever happened to me in my life helped me process that. So this song, just I mean, it's a great song by itself, but then the sentimental nature of the song and how it helped me with a very important part of my life it just blows it you know through the stratosphere all right so with that said musically um at minute 115 to 143 um two minutes 44 to 334 those two probably two best guitar solos jason's done outside of the faction focus which we'll get to some other time um the emotion of the song is so palatable that's why I instantly when I was going through that, it's just you can just feel like the sadness and distraughtness and the brokenness in it. And so it instantly came to my mind when I was in that point. And then also the calmness of the verses mixed with the roaring guitars creates a cacophony of mixed emotions that can help you. Because when you're going through English, you, you, you rarely just feel one thing. It's like you go back and forth and like this ebb and flow of good and po- bad, negative positive emotions and this song does a really good job of um um harnessing that and the outro the outro of the song is superb all right that's it okay um so when you're man, a little miserable that's deep okay um <laughs> yeah yeah next. so let's follow up with something on the top of it, the complete the opposite direction <laughs> yeah uh you're mean um how do you know i'm about not this song, no man? i'm not i'm not mean I'm a, I'm a teddy bear um <laughs> uh how i feel about this song um like i said everything i like this song it's um a great pop song um i love the lyric you got every well i wouldn't say love the, i have a questionable lyric a questionable lyric of the the month you got everything but the one i need people aren't things so you can't have everything but the one i need so i don't know but then i think it's uh i think it's supposed to be like um you have everything but what i need but it's like a turnaround saying but i don't need things i need a person because you know he's sitting in the studio alone for a month straight (laughs) maybe all right i'll go with that how about okay sam how about you turn away then gloat it what do you think about that um, you left me, you know, all alone here in California and you guys are just gloating about it and I don't appreciate it. All right. How about where's the beef? I'm just playing. That's not in there. <laughs> I love the surf guitars in this super surf rock song. I love the song. It's definitely a beach song. Um, seven out of seven. Um, yeah, and that's it. Um, this is probably my favorite song off this album. Just, Are you? Uh, no. Your I, uh, favorite. Maybe. I just, I friggin' love the, so I love Pet Sounds. This is a Pet Sound song. I do love uh, Pet Sounds. That is a great album. And, uh, 
yeah, I just really like this um, the the beach vibe, the sixties pop surf rock thing. It really is, yes. Um, it's catchy. It's, just, it's definitely catchy. It's so much fun, man. If he uh, it is would have if he would have just moved his vocals to the front a little bit, this mm-hmm. song would be like okay. Which, so um, yep. shoot me, but I think if he would let. If he would have let someone else cover this in 1995, it could have been like a number one hit. Like who? Um, 1995, you'd be looking at someone like uh, maybe like Green Day. Okay, I see that. I could I could see this. Would you say would you, would you say that this song is too much fun? Um, maybe for its <laughs> lyrical content, because the the lyrical content it's it's almost comical the way the the music plays off of it. Yeah. It's like a, a sad comedy. Because <laughs> um, the just, lyrics are I see over there turning and gloating. You're mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's almost like a. I can't decide if it's tongue in cheek or not, or if he sincerely just wrote this peppy poppy song. And then just had nothing but depressing things to say about it. But or uh, both, or both, or, or both. Being locked up uh, in a place for a month will make your mind do loopy things. So, and God knows uh, he's probably eating hot pockets and soda. So God knows what his mindset is <laughs> at that point. Yeah. So I am um, the impression I get from this song is trying to impress or get admiration from someone mm. who could care less about you. Kind of like you know. Uh, um, when you feel miserable, yeah. very similar ideas going on here. Yeah. All right. Cool. So that's your favorite song on this um, album? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Okay, maybe. Um, it's a, it's a toss up, but I do thoroughly enjoy that one. It's a lot of fun. You'll mention the other one when it comes, or other ones when it comes up, right? I will do my best. I um. Another problem I have with this album, and don't get me wrong, I like the album. But yep. I have problems with it sticking in my head. Um, okay. I can only remember right. fragments of it as opposed to like actually you can be only to remember. Like I can't just look at a song and remember what it sounds like necessarily. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. And, and that's probably why I like Your Mean because I can kind of remember the melody of it a little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a catchy melody. Next up, which doesn't really have a catchy melody at all, Stop Wasting Your Whole Life Messed Up and Down. All right, I'll start, so I'll start. I'll start off with this one. Since you okay. Last couple. Um, that intro is stellar. I love the intro. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Okay, so this song. This is another song like um, when you feel miserable that took on different meaning later in my life. So stop. Um, all right. So it's a song about wasted life or wasted youth or something wasted, and so that's how I took it um, initially. Um, my youth, but now I'm 40, and I was, when I listen to this song, I think, you know, I live with my family, and I think, um, I feel like sometimes, no matter what job you have, even if you love it, at times, if you love your family, if you're lucky enough to love your family, not everybody does, but um, sometimes you just, you you rather be home with your family, and you feel like you're wasting this time working just to get money, and of course you're providing, but you're missing out on time with your loved ones. And that's all we have in the end is memories. Um, and so when I think of this song now, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, man, can I, I wish I was home. Should I be home? Am I doing the right thing right now? 
um it's a sludgy movie uh i'm sorry sludgy moody heavy wall of sound guitars i love it um that uh, man i love it at the end the messed up and down part portion of the song um i really love i prefer it to the first i don't know i'm glad he mashed them up together i can't separate them um so this is an eight out of nine song my fourth favorite song on the album all right mm. um i too like the intro uh, um it uh and this is so it reminded me of like latter day Weezer, not so much 1994 Weezer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it reminded me a bit of that, which made me wonder if maybe they listened to this album. I don't know. Uh, Rivers they Cuomo did. listens they to all kinds of things. <laughs> they ripped them off. Um, so either way, I like it pretty well. Um, it's it's not bad guitar at all. Uh, lyrically, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be about like moving in the opposite direction of someone in, the, in his life, and he's telling them, uh, "Don't waste their life on him. Just go live your life. Don't let me. Don't let me mess you up." Which, knowing the circumstances, could almost be looked at sarcastically, just being like, "You know, don't don't let me mess you up." Bye. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't want to. I also know that he had a tendency to pit just enough of his own life in here in the albums to give them a, a flavor and then he would just kind of do word salad lyrics that he just thought sounded cool that didn't mean nothing to throw people so, off yeah yeah hey hey did you know um did you know um sam in 2014 dubai the country of dubai launched a program that paid children two grams of gold for every kilogram which is 2.2 pounds of weight that they lost that's uh, that's messed up and down. <laughs> Nailed it, perfect, Sam. Perfect. That's my man right there. <laughs> it really is. All right. Next up is when you feel the mess. Oh, this is oh, this is your trilogy, right? This is when the yeah, trilogy. Yeah, this is this is the Wait, mess no. trilogy. Okay, so last song. This is the second part of the mess trilogy. Yep. All right. Go ahead, Sam. Take it away. All right, messed up over you. So the previous song was, you know, he's leaving someone. Um, so now, almost in response to leaving this person, he's saying how much it messed him up. Yeah. And um, how his blue collar mentality, which I like the little throwback to, you know, uh, so long, so blue. Um, yep. I guess blue is probably a word, a buzzword you see in a lot of his music. Um, I'll be curious to see that as we go on. Yeah. But his blue collar mentality says you work hard at something until it works. Um, you don't just give up. Yep. And now he has to actually give up on something. Mm-hmm. And um, he just doesn't know how to deal with that. And yep. uh, so also nice organ solo by Gene Eugene here. Mm-hmm. This is um, his one contribution to the album, but it's beautiful. And I love it, and I wish he would have played organ on every song. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I think this song could be right up there with, if the if the vocals weren't so buried, this could be right there with any power ballad by, like, um, I don't know, Journey, Aerosmith, Take Your Pick, Bon Jovi. Okay, I got any you. Any of those power ballads. This could I'm be picking, right there with I'm, it. I'm picking up what you put what you putting down. 
All right. Next up is the final. No, no, I, I got to do my. I got, I, hey, I got to do my review. Let me feel the mess. Oh, duh. dang, I'm so Sam. Sorry, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I, I'm about to. I'm, about I'm throw messing, you in the I'm ocean. I'm messing you up. You messed me. I'm gonna throw you in the ocean. And the world's ocean contained nearly 20 million tons of gold. Did you know that? Probably from all those earth. Probably all those earthquakes that happened in the ocean. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So right off bat, my second favorite song, um, on this album, um. I love it. Um, I love the moody. Um, um, let's see. The um, okay, who's just who is Jason messed up over in this song? Is it is it his friends, relationship, Lee Nash, a recurring theme at this point in his career? Um, who knows? But um, I love at the minute um, 231 to 332 and 412 to 619. Um, the steady mid-tempo um, mid um, rhythm sections just kill it. Um, it's musical crack. Um, Terry Taylor from Daniel Amos and other musical acts, one of Jason's favorite artists, um, um, classified his music as sad, sweet music. That's what this is, mm -hmm. sad, sweet music. Um, so true. Yeah, it is. Um, I air drum to this song all the time. People do air guitars. I do the air drum every time this comes on. I hear it. Um, Jay, I would love to hear instrumental um, of this album. More for Jason to do an instrumental album. Um, man, this is like amazing. Listen, I love it. It's perfect. Um, the song can't get any better. It's a nine out of nine. Absolutely adore it. And for the record, I think this probably is um, the third one of my top three. So if okay. I had to pick a top three in no particular order, because I don't really know how to order them, it'd yeah. be Messed Up Over You, You're Mean, and Dual Overhead Cam. Okay. I, I think that, that would do it for me. I mean, you need When You Feel Miserable, but whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When You Feel the Mess. When do the you end feel of the, trilogy. the mess, Aaron? I felt the mess. Oh man, back in two thousand three, me and my now ex-wife um, lost our daughter. Rebecca's a stillbirth. Um, it's terrible, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. And so this song, again, like when you feel miserable, um, I just gravitated to, and it helped me process. And it's really interesting that I didn't blame God a lot in those points, like people blame God and stuff like that. But I didn't because, you know, you know, like Job, you know, I realized that God is God. He created me. So he probably knows better than me. Um, but there's a lyric in this song that that's just, I mean, really like um, colors my life and my um, philosophy and my way of viewing the world. You can take the most when you fake it some. And sometimes in life, when you're very depressed for valid reasons, death, loss of a job or whatever, and you feel that you can get stuck in that depression or you can, can you can just pretend or not pretend, but force yourself to be happy and or get out of the bed, force yourself to make meals, force yourself to shower, whatever. And so you have to you can t and so if you you if you can train yourself to do that when bad things happen because bad things will happen to us jesus promises that um if you can get in the habit of training yourself to trying to not fake i think fix the right wrong word but i get what he's trying to say um you can deal with more you 
you can take more pain when you realize this is a natural part of life. So let me just pull myself up blue collar style, you know, pull myself up my own bootstraps and get through this and I'll be fine. And so mm-hmm. that's what I get through this song. Um, I mean, it helped me through my grieving process. The music's incredible. The rest- and I love the restraint that Jason showed in this song. Um, he could have set it on fire and did some um, scorching solo, but he didn't. He took it slow, slow control, the solo to the end. It's poetic. It's emotive. Um, at the same time, so like that that outro solo to the end, I just really love it. I mean, this it really takes the song to the stratosphere. Nine nine again, third favorite song in this album. Okay. So this song kind of feels like a, a continuation of the previous song for obvious reasons. I mean, they're yeah. made to go together. This is kind of a little trilogy here. And yeah. um, I find it interesting. He did this same thing on Silver, but this is by far the much better trilogy of uh, of sad breakup songs, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they're necessarily breakup songs, but, you know. So... Uh, I like that um, the lyrics are what really draws me on this album. The singer is kind of like admitting he didn't know enough or wasn't known well enough to uh, make whatever relationship he was in work. And then, um, you know, I I think that's one of the most adult, uh, mature things you can ever do is to say, you know, I wasn't doing right. I was looking back. I was not giving it my best effort because, um, I spend all my, I'm a manager at my job and mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time around adults who just they're in their forties and fifties and don't want to admit that they've made mistakes. It's always someone else's fault. Yep. And, I deal with uh, that every day too. So the ability to be able to say, you know, I, I messed up. I didn't fit all into this relationship that I should have is um, a very mature and, you know, honest thing to say. And I appreciate that. You know what I appreciate? I appreciate yeah. that over 16 milligrams of gold are lost every year um, from wearing weathering by, uh, I'm sorry, over 16 milligrams of gold are lost every year from, from wedding rings by people wearing them. That's it. 16 milligrams. So Man. your sweat is, your sweat is making you lose money. Okay. Well, that, that's Stop the thing. Sweating. Stop sweating. I mean, I mean, I have titanium ring on, so I think I'm good. But oh, okay. Well, that's good. Have you ever injected gold into your body? I haven't. Well, if you ever get cancer, you should probably try to help fight cancer. Interesting. <laughs> Next up is let's see, somewhere where your heart glowed the hope. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, somewhere once upon a time, my heart did grow glow hope, and then I grew up and got old. Um, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> Life will beat the uh, hope out of you. <laughs> I do like the almost uh, grungy new wave sound of this, though. It's uh, the Very second grungy. most accessible song on here, um, right behind your mean. No, third. There's another one. There's okay, another yeah, way. That's... there's another one that's pretty accessible too. You're right. There yeah. you, you ever feel that way? Um, this one's pretty hopeful, though. At least I think it yeah. is. Yeah, basically saying don't give up on your hopes and dreams. You know, you had hope once you can do it again. I imagine this song was like a little pep talk to himself. Um, You know, he's he's, all his friends left him. He's depressed. He's, uh, I don't know, maybe praying or something. And it's just like, you know what? 
don't give up, man. You, you can do this. And then, you know, Gene, Eugene walks to the door and he's like, hey, man, I got you some tacos. I'll play Oregon <laughs> in the song. And, you know, everything was better. Make sure you get some salsa for those tacos. Yeah, it was probably um, Del Taco, too, which we know that's good. That's good stuff. I, right actually, there. I don't know that. We don't have Del Tacos. Mom. I've never had a Del Taco. Uh, so you have to go way out west, uh, Texas. California, I lived in Texas and, 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 and never get a Del Taco. Yeah, I, I, I love Del Taco. Oh, you so know bad. what? I got an email from them. They said they love you, Sam. Oh, so all right. So, anyway, speaking of um, hope, um, so before I get into this song, in 18 in 1669, an alchemist Henning Brand hoped and believed that he could distilled gold from human urine his heart was glowing with all types of hope yeah because <laughs> urine has a gold color so he thought hey ipso facto gold but after stockpiling 1500 gallons of urine and boiling he discovered phosphorus phosphorus is very important if you're a farmer you know you can't grow anything without phosphorus can you, imagine this house? Thinking about Can you imagine this? Can you imagine? Because it's 1669, so he's got all this urine just sitting in the house being stale. Ugh. Ugh, that's horrible. Ugh, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, somewhere where your heart goes, the hope. Pe- for me, this song, people sometimes have a victim mentality and it makes them give up. And that's what I think of this song. And like, I, think, I feel like he's talking to himself and or others saying, you know what? You can be a victim or you can take ownership of your life and remember that hope that you had when we sought out love, you sought out that job, you sought out that study, feel the study, whatever, you know, get back to that. Don't give in to, you know, this, this, this part of, part of your life where it sucks because life sometimes sucks and sometimes it's good. You know, it's, it's a spectrum, you know, it's, you have, you have winters and you have summers, you no one just has like an upward mobility. The most successful people have, you know, failures and, you know, periods of depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the guitar crescendos in this. The guitar part at the end is light and tight. I enjoy it so much. This is another musical crack song to me. It's an eight out of nine and my fifth favorite song. Okay. Um. Next up, we have we have uh, my stomping grounds here, Indiana. <laughs> I'll let you go since you got the home to field advantage. All right. So I don't think this song has anything to do with Indiana. Um, I think it does. But go ahead. Maybe it does. If uh, by Indiana you mean um, repetitive and uh, slightly stale. And uh, not not very memorable, yeah. And not very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, Southern Indiana is nice, but Middle Indiana, yeah, it's just it's just flat and boring. Lots There's, of boring. I don't know what, what what yeah what is the land whatever this whatever I'm not gonna ask you about the landscape of Indiana although I'm curious because I I don't know what to think of Indiana when I think of Indiana. <laughs> so like um, Middle Indiana. Like central Indiana is just flatland, lots of cornfields. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get into southern Indiana and you're getting close to like uh, lots of hills. It's very beautiful. Bloomington area. It's um, What about northern Indiana? 
northern Indiana. I've only been up there a few times. It's a a bit more hilly, but it's it's more of the same of the where do you the live? Kind of flat part? land. I live right in central Indiana. Just just boring flat central. Oh, <laughs> um, Sam, we'll pray for you. Bless your heart. I mean, whatever. It is what it mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah. You know, but as let's talk about the song. Um, yeah, this is my least favorite song on this album, sadly. Um, mm. So, like, I'm not. The lyrics remind me of like the the last act of a rom com, mm. when uh, the guy's running to a wedding, uh, a funeral, an airplane, whatever, mm. and begging the girl not to leave. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what the song, the lyrically, the song reminded me of. Uh, maybe that's what he was basing the lyrics off. I could totally see that. Um, maybe he was writing his own rom-com musical in his head called Indiana. Yeah, um, I can see that. But the musical, the music just doesn't grab me. I can't even. I I know. No, though interestingly, when we asked if some people on Facebook, you know, what their favorite songs off the album were, some people said they loved this song. No. Yeah, they said it was like their favorite. So crack kills people. Put it down. Put the pipe down. So yeah, that's a. Uh, I, I don't want to like bemoan it, but it's just it's not my favorite song. How, what are okay. your thoughts? All right. Well, I fear to review this song. And did you know that aurophobia is the fear of gold? Aurophobia. A U R O phobia. Well, yeah. okay, that's a thing. This is my least favorite song, Sam. We're vibing on this. It's my tenth favorite song in the song album. And with that said, it doesn't mean it's a terrible song, but I mean there's so much better material up here. Um, more fuzz guitar on this than any other song. Super fuzzy. Love the breakdowns and solos. Why Indiana? I'm with you too. Um, afterthought. I don't know. Maybe he would drift through Indiana. I was like, oh god, this song reminds me. Of Love the <laughs> arrangement of the song. Um, it follows the pattern of most of these songs. Piazzamo to Fortismo. Piazzamo is soft and fast, and then. Fortissimo is fast or slow. Italian musical um, terms. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, at this point, this song's kind of repetitive and sounds like other songs on this album. Still a seven, though. Well, well, you know, I'm going to break this down. That's a six now. Changing my. <laughs> this is a six. <laughs> Aaron, do you ever feel that way? I feel like that way all the time. And I feel like I'm going to review the hell out of this song. This is at this point in his career. This is Jason's best pop song. Um, God, Jesus. Why was this? I don't know what was going on in 2000 this time. And guys, this should have been a single. This could have been his. This could have been a crossover hit. Maybe like MXPX or Jars of Clay or something. This could have been it, man. I love the chunky guitar doing the first and second verses. It's, ama- it's just amazing. And then even today, I think this could be a hit. You could play this on the radio and it would fit in. Um, definitely, it's a pop classic. It holds up over time. It reminds me of the um, Foo Fighters' Big Me, um, Super Poppy. Love it, love it, love it. But it's a seven because it's just a pop song. Well, there's a reason why this reminds you of a pop song. Um, oh, those opening that? chords... Um, I, I can't say they're exactly, but they're pretty darn close to the opening chords of Baba O'Reilly by The Who. Okay. Um, well, you, go ahead. Those pop chords reappear in music all over the place. Um, if you've listened to the radio for, well, when the radio still had 
records yeah. now. We just have a synthesized computer music. But when the when the radio still played guitars, um, yeah. you every five songs you would hear these three chords somewhere in you, there. You know what doesn't pop up everywhere? Gold and gold and Olympic gold medals. Olympic gold medals only contain about point. I'm sorry, one point three four percent gold. One point three four percent gold. Oh man, that's not very much. Why is that called the gold medal? That's not gold. Um, this album has more gold than a gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but go ahead, don't, but go ahead, your turn. Do you ever feel that way? So combined with the last song. Um, oh, this is my eighth line, favorite song. I'm sorry, eighth favorite song. Go ahead. Fair enough. So mm-hmm. combined with the last song and the line about the diamond sold. Mm-hmm. This one uh, kind of seems like it's about a broken engagement, maybe. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, I don't have much to say. I think it's good, but also at the same time, um, I also feel like it's, uh, along with Indiana, on the slightly lower sk- side of things, um, yeah. especially compared to your mean and also feel miserable um, messed up over you yeah compared to those ones it just doesn't quite stack up it's not bad it's uh it's it's a really good pop song i just uh yeah you know not particularly um in, intrigued by it or anything okay well all right sam well that brings us to the last song one shot juanita take it away so this song is growing on me a little bit me too. Initially, I wasn't impressed. I was mm-hmm. like, eh, the dungeon was a better closer. But after listening to it a few more times, it's um, some beautiful guitar work. Um, it's the most obvious breakup song. If any of these songs are breakup songs, I really can't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the lyrical theme of mistakes are uh, just nothing but tools for learning. Um, you, you can't learn, you can't grow without first messing up. It's almost impossible. And, and I even like, um, so, I, you know, I'm talking about deep lyrics, but really Juanita was just the nickname of a friend he had in high school. Yep. He nicknamed uh, some... him and Jeff Clouds. Yeah, they just nicknamed some girl one. Yeah. but um, I do find it wanted the date <laughs> I do find it interesting that maybe Juanita was kind of just a stand-in name for all the friends who had left him because at the very or, end of the song or, you or hear him whisper I'm messing I'm messing but go ahead um, <laughs> but at the very end of the song he uh, you hear him whisper like barely audibly yep. something along the lines of I love you and I miss you Juanita yeah um, and I think it's just a that's a beautiful ending to this album you know to yeah. all the heartbreak and stuff still saying um, to all the people that left or you know I'm hurt over I still love you it's yeah. okay what and, I uh, find in I'm sorry go ahead so yeah that's my, my thoughts on this album, song it, it really grew on me over the past couple weeks what I find interesting is that three Olympic-sized swimming pools can hold all the gold that's ever been mined in the world. Yeah. Oh, my. 
Yeah. Okay. One Shot One Nita. What a strange song. It's very strange song. The surf guitar here. Love it. I love it. Um, let's see here. It foreshadows um some songs on the next album, which you know Americana. Um, I love this as a closer. Like you, when I first heard it back, um, years ago, I was like, oh, it's a weird closer because at this point, you know, he had, yeah, you know, like you said, the dungeon. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of song guitar solos and there's a lot of heartbreaks. So having like a chilled out lounge song to 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 run it out, I thought it was a nice touch. And yeah, I was like, yeah, this is this is a great closer. Um, with that said, that was my ninth favorite song, and it is a seven. So okay, that well, that's no, that can't be right. It's a six as well because yeah, they downgrade the other one. So yeah, it's a six as well. Okay, so that concludes the gold track by track review. Yeah, so my conclusion for the album overall, uh, the mood of the album, it's portrayed much better than silver. Yes, I know what great. he's trying to say. Like, I get his mood. Um, it's not yes. so confusing. Uh, with that said, um, the lyrics are still super muddled, and I get that it's like so he's going for poetry, like abstract kind of thing. Or Nirvana, like at the time, I mean, Nirvana and like uh, Kurt Cobain, same way. There would be like three or four lines in a song that really had meaning, letting your soul, and then the rest was like just throwaways or whatever. So, I mean, at the time, this was like. It wasn't just them, but I mean, it was Candlebox, Silver. It was just so many bands were doing this type of lyricism. So it was kind of like what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can't say um, I'm a big fan of this. So I'm, and you know, maybe I'll warm up to it eventually. But I'm a either have your lyrics be super in depth and super meaningful. Or just go full on abstract. We have no idea what you're talking about. Two examples. Like, I like I like this. I like it. I, I like mining, like digging and seeing. Okay, well, this means something. This does, and I like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it. I think it has its merits. Yeah. Um, but it's just actually a cup of tea, and that's fine. That's fine. Everybody has different tastes. Like, if you're gonna go full on abstract. Go like uh, Radiohead's Kid A, where it's just like the lyrics almost mean nothing. They're literally no. just there to fill the space. No. They mean everything. They did the data style, which is basically you you write a bunch of poems, then you cut up the lines, you put them in a bag, and you draw them out in the order you draw them. That's how they go. Yeah. So so it does have meaning though, and that, that's there's most of those songs are about global warming. That's what most of that album's about. I love that album. Don't get me started. I can't believe you mentioned that album. No, it's going to go on forever, but I'll, st- I'll shut up now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but, you know, I'm warming up to, I think if I listen to this album on a more regular basis, I can definitely warm up to it. For the time being, uh, I give the lyrics a one and a half out of three. Um, okay. A bit muddled for my flavor. Okay. The music, two and a half out of three. So nearly okay. perfect, but not quite. Yep. Right. Music's definitely its strongest point. Okay. Um, overall, a two out of three. So what that means is it's number one. Like one would be meh or yeah. even bad. Three would be like perfection. Mm. Two is not quite either. Um, so overall, it's a six out of nine for me. Six um, out of nine? Which, for, yeah. Um, 
Okay, well that's so six that's, out of nine. That's that's like above average. Slightly well, above a, average. That's a point above silver. Okay, you gave silver a five. I did. Oh my god, I don't remember what I gave it. Um, Wait, no, no, no. That's a that's a point above. She's the queen. I don't know why okay. I wrote for silver. Yeah, I don't know what I did for either of those two, but um, for me, wow, six. Dang man, I'm gonna go with okay. So lyrics for me is two. Um, music, jeez, that's hard. Oh my I mean, I guess just compare it to what was around you know what? in the market at that time, what he had yeah. done previously. I'm not going to break it down. That I'm just going to go overall. This is an eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, well, man, that's our, uh, that's our feelings about gold. I hope y'all thought that it was gold. Thank you for listening. And uh, we will uh, be back next time with uh, the next EP, La Vanquire. I can't say it. La Vanquire. We'll, we'll have to figure out how to actually say this word before we review it. Uh-huh. It's La Vanquire. It's French. <laughs> All right. I, know, I, I, I know a little French. It's La Vanquire. All right. There we go. Which means the conqueror. wonder who that's about. so yeah all right so yeah well thanks for listening we appreciate you guys and have a good night talk to you later thank you for listening to blue collar love a Starflyer 59 retrospective. Your hosts are me, Samuel King, and Aaron Anderson. Production and editing done by Samuel King. This has been a Brothers King Media production.